listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode 299 and a half, and today I'm going to talk about a couple of great backlist titles. So hello there. It is my turn to spend six to eight minutes with you this February, which is almost over, which is just seems impossible. But that means that there have been a lot of amazing books that have come out so far this year already. I feel like I'm constantly reading and I'm never catching up and it is a great feeling, not a bad feeling, a great feeling. Lots of great books going into my brain and that is always good. Today I'm going to tell you about a few of those great books, but before I do that, we're going to hear from a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Avid Reader Press. So this next book is a really fun sounding mashup of different genres. There's a little time travel, a little romance, a little spy thriller action going on. So in the near future, a civil servant is offered the salary of her dreams and is shortly afterward told what project she'll be working on. A recently established government ministry is gathering quote unquote expats from across history to establish whether time travel is feasible for the body, but also for the fabric of space time. This is an exquisitely original and feverishly fun fusion of genres and ideas. The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley asks, what does it mean to defy history when history is living in your house? Colleen Bradley's answer is a blazing, unforgettable testament to what we owe each other in a changing world. It kind of gives Outlander meets Cloud Atlas or If the Time Traveler's Rife was written by Sally Rooney or Colson Whitehead. Make sure to check out The Ministry of Time by Colleen Bradley. And thanks again to Avid Reader Press for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang. So this is an interesting love story. It's great for fans of Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow and High Fidelity. It's set in the mid-90s at NYU. And it follows young Wang, who has gotten the advice of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Irena in 95 And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny. They fall in love. But the thing is, she's number six. So if he is to have seven great loves, does that mean his time with Arena is going to come to an end? So this is a love letter to Western pop culture, Eastern traditions, and being a first-generation New Yorker. Make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of 888 Love and the Divine Burden of Numbers by Abraham Chang for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Here we go. I thought I would go with a Western theme. You know how I love a Western. And I read a couple of really great books that were great Western-y type books. The first I want to mention is The Thousand Crimes of Ming Su by Tom Lin, which comes out June 1st. Got me thinking about all my favorite Westerns. This one is about a Chinese-American who is adopted as a baby by a bad man who works for the railroad. This is like post-Civil War. And he trains him to be a deadly assassin. And later, Ming grows up and he marries the love of his life, uh, but then she is kidnapped. So now as the book opens, he is seeking revenge, looking for the men who are involved in kidnapping his wife and hopefully uh, getting back to her and finding her okay. 
it's cool, but also has like some supernatural parts to it where there is a prophet who is really a prophet, like can see the future and some people who can shape shift and some people who can do some other things. It was really, really fun. I really enjoyed it. I'd also like to see this as a comic. I think it would make a great comic and also a great adaptation, TV, movie, whatever. That is called The Thousand Crimes of Ming Su by Tom Lin. And like I said, that's coming out June 1st. So I was thinking about Westerns. I love a Western, especially like a post-Civil War, just, you know, 1880s kind of violent Western. I don't know what it is that attracts me to these books, but it's my favorite time period to read about. I'm going to start with one that just came out in paperback, I think, last year. It was so good. It was nominated for like a million awards. It's How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang. It's set at the very end of the California gold rush, and it's Lucy and Sam. They are children of Chinese immigrants. They are 12 and 11, respectively. And Lucy and Sam, their mother has died, and now their father has also just died. Uh, they went. Their parents took them to California. They wanted to get rich. Uh, in the gold rush, it did not happen. Their father ends up working in a mine, and they never get that money that they're hoping for. Things go very wrong. And now their parents have died, and so they're left alone. They're 12 and 11. They're left alone in a violent mining town, you know, and they're just children. Uh, and Sam wants to find a proper place to bury their father. So they decide to leave town with his body in search of a better life and a better place and somewhere to bury him properly. So... Now they're on their own. Their future is determined by them and they answer to no one and they can write their own paths. Of course, they are, you know, young and vulnerable and the world is a big, scary place. It's dangerous, but it's also beautiful. And their journey, in their journey, like we feel their need to be free and their trepidation, but also their excitement. And it also, you know, the story kind of tells us like what it means to look for a place to belong and, and what home means. Um, it's in four parts set in uh, the past, present, and the future. One of the sections is in the voice of their father. It's just gorgeous and gritty, with lots of dreamy imagery, and also some Cormac McCarthy-esque violence. I absolutely loved it. It's How Much of These Hills is Gold by C. Pam Zhang. That's just like the letter C I'm saying there. I actually just made the C with my hand when I said that, as if you could see me. If you can, please let me know, because that freaks me out. My next pick for today is one that I've probably talked about before because I just love it so much. It's The Witch Way Tree by Elizabeth Crook. This one also about brother and sister and young children. This one's set in a remote Texas town at just like the very end of the Civil War. And their mother, earlier we learn, has been killed by a panther. This panther is notorious in their area. Some say it's actually a demon and one day, the panther shows up at their at their home, uh, kills their mother, and wounds Samantha. She has scars now on her face. And after their mother dies, their father just kind of falls apart and eventually abandons them, even though they're very young. Well, Samantha's very young. She's 10, and Benjamin is a few years older. He, he never comes home, and they try to make it on their own, and, but they're running out of food and, and water, and they don't have any money. And Samantha decides that she's going to go hunt down the panther that started all this and kill it. And like, she's 10, right? But she's like, I can totally do this. And Benjamin, who is a few years older, realizes that he can't stop her. He can try, but she's going to go off with or without him. So he thinks it's better if he goes with her. So 
they head out into the wilderness to look for this possible demon panther. In their travels, they meet danger, they meet adventure, or they have adventure, I should say. Adventure might be a person, but I've never met them. Uh, They meet kind people and cruel people. They end up teaming up with um, an outlaw and a retired preacher and his hunting dog. And they're just looking for the panther. It's lots of lots of adventure in this book. But also, despite the seriousness of the plot, it's actually quite charming and funny at times. And reminded me a bit of True Grit by Charles Portis. The whole book is told in letters that Benjamin is writing to a doctor. And it's, it's really just sweet and charming and sad. And I loved it to pieces. It is called The Witch Way Tree by Elizabeth Crook. And I think it's five, six years old now. So I am really ready to read something else by Elizabeth Crook. I'd also love to read something else by C. Pam Zhang, like right now too. Um, So I'm going to just keep waiting for those. But today for Dealer's Choice, I want to tell you about another book I read that comes out on June 1st. It is called Ten Low. It's by Stark Holborn. And the pitch was Dune meets Firefly meets Mad Max. And it did not disappoint. That's pretty much what this is, but in the best of ways. Um, Not just like, not like a ripoff, but like not even an homage, just like all of the, there's little things from each of those books in this story. And I loved it. So Tenlo is an ex-army medic who fought on the losing side in an interstellar war. And she's now, she's a criminal. We know she's a criminal because she's given the name Ten, which means that she served 10 years. And now Ten travels alone on this alien moon that is a vast desert. It's just like sand everywhere, very barren, very little water. The air is not great. They eat these little pills that look like vitamin E capsules, but they just have air in them. Gives them a little rush. And she travels alone, partially because she is haunted by the war and her crimes. But one day she's out in the desert on her own and a ship crashes, like right near where she is. and. She runs over there and she finds the pilot who dies like almost immediately. And she finds a young girl who is unconscious. She can tell from the tattoos that the girl has that not only did she fight on the other side, which seems impossible because she's a child, but the very reason that she is a child is because she was part of a military genetic program from that the opposition started in which they made these children assassins and you know, Ten had heard about them, and she now here's one right in front of her, unconscious, and, of course, immediately the girl wakes up and tries to kill her, because, ah, uh, you know, she's a soldier, that's what she's gonna do. And once she finally gets her calm, and by calm I mean restrains her, um, she finds out that her name is General Gabriela Ortiz, but she likes to be called the General, and she's 13, and she was on her way to a military base when her ship crashed, and she and Ten strike up a bargain, Ten will help her get to her destination, make it to this military base, and in return, the general will give her medical supplies. She'll she'll get them from the base and give them to her because that's what she needs all the time because she likes to help patch people up and do what she can do while she's out there wandering around in the desert. But they're in immediate danger because in come the Seekers. The Seekers are these Reaver-type characters that are very violent and they never leave any survivors and they take all your stuff and... Like I said, they're like the Reavers from Firefly. Um, And so they have to get out of there immediately. But also, Ten learns that maybe the general, her mission at this military base might have been more dire than the general realized. Like, she might have possibly been flying into a trap. So there's not much time to think about anything because 
they're almost constantly under siege. There's bounty hunters, and now the military are looking for them. They end up banding up with friends of Ten Lowe's. There's lots of gunfights. There's lots of banter. There's lots of backstabbing. The general is pretty much rotten to Ten for the whole book, even though they're begrudgingly helping each other, um, which is kind of funny. I like that part. You know, she's like, she calls her traitor, and she's just mad about, you know, everything happening, even though, you know, they're working together now. And I just thought it was great fun. Again, I think that would be a great comic, and I would love to see an adaptation of that. That is called Ten Low, and it's by Stark Holborn. And that is it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you to our sponsor. Thank you to our awesome audio editor, Jen Zink. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers to find us. And if you want to talk about books or see pictures of my books or my cats, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty or on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday to tell you about the week's great new releases. And for more recs or general bookishness, you can check out bookriot.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. Have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading.